0: I think because of my age, I'm qualified to to talk on dreaming. Because Joel the prophet said, the old men shall dream dreams. Hands up those who think I'm old. (laughs) I'm just looking at all these people. (laughs) Well, hallelujah. Isn't it good that we can dream again? There was a preacher who was preaching and uh, he was getting on through his message and uh, he he was going all right, but he noticed that there was a mother who was struggling with a little boy and this boy was getting fidgety and starting to complain and and, uh, the mother was trying to settle the boy but wasn't having much success. And the longer he preached, he noticed the boy was getting more and more up and down off the seat, and mum, and, and and then he he saw the mother go right down to the boy's ear and say something to him, and the boy straightened up, sat down on the seat, never said another word, right till the end of the of the message. After the service. The mother was just going out with a little boy and and, and the, the preacher said oh she said oh the preacher said to the to the mother thank you for settling the boy because it was starting to to, to get people agitated and, and and it was a but he said oh, I'm interested in, in what what did you say to the boy when you whispered in his ear that uh, that he just settled down there oh oh she said yes she said I told him that uh, if he didn't sit down and settle a, a, and stop making a, a noise, that the preacher would probably lose his place and have to start again. <laughs> so any trouble or unnecessary heckling this morning, I'll just start again. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You're such a good God. Lord, it's so good to be in your house, so good to be with your people. Lord, you've blessed us over and over again and for just about, I would guess, just about everybody. You've spoken to us in days gone by and shown us possibilities that we could only dream about. Lord, over the years, those visions have begun to get dim and some of us let it go and we've just got in the too hard category. But Lord, it's a new year. And I pray that everyone in here will be stirred in their hearts to begin to dream again and to believe in the God who is the God of the impossible. Lord, if you say it can be done, it can be done. Not only that, Lord, you make everything available to see that it is done. So, Lord, help us to link our faith with your promise that your dreams, Lord, might be fulfilled and in, in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want us to go to Psalm 78 this morning and um, <clears throat> it'll be up on the screen there, I would imagine. Look at that. Let's read it together. Here we go. Just three verses, seven, uh, verse 9 to 11, Psalm 78. Here we go. One, two. The men of Ephraim, though aimed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his law. They forgot what he had done, the wonders he had shown them. Here's a, here's a man who carried a dream. Uh, this man, Ephraim. Uh, he he was the second son of Joseph. Remember Joseph? And, and he, he he got promoted. He was in prison for a while. He was sold to slavery by his brothers. But in the end, he interpreted the dream that the Pharaoh had. And uh, Joseph had, he married Pharaoh's daughter, Asenath. And he had two boys. And Ephraim was the second boy that was born to Joseph. And his name means... And he said, I've named him Ephraim. It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. It's Genesis 41, 52. Thank you. This doesn't go, huh? He swapped me with one that does Is this going? Yeah, good. Okay. I have to hold it up here? I have to start again. I have to start again. Let's pray, shall we? <laughs> And the name Ephraim means uh, also means the word means twice fruitful. In other words, double fruitfulness was given to this boy Ephraim, and so (coughs) he he becomes a very prosperous young man, and the tribe that he leads to, as the generations go by, uh, begin to expand rapidly. And they become a very, very fruitful tribe of people. And they multiply out of all proportion to most of the other tribes. So much so that Ephraim in the Bible became equated with and synonymous with the whole nation of Israel. And often when the Bible in the psalm refers to Ephraim, often it's just talking about the whole nation of Israel. They were that dominant and prominent in the land. It comes from this fruitfulness. So here was a man that was carrying the blessing of God. Here's a tribe that carries the dream, the blessing of God to be fruitful, to be doubly fruitful. And he carries this dream and was destined for greatness. This tribe was destined, it was named, there was a faith promise that was there of being great. And Joshua later on allots them a very large parcel of land in the promised land. However, the Bible records that although they had all this promise, they failed to drive out the enemy out of their land, and so they had to live and compromise with them. Somewhere in those days, they turned back in the day of battle. Somewhere, although they were equipped with bows, they had the armament, they had the promise, they had the dream, but in the midst of the battle, they turned back. And the dream fell to the ground. This can happen. This can happen as the years go on. It can happen to us. All of us have either experienced it or have known people who had huge potential, who carried a dream, but that dream fell to the ground. You say, why does that, how does that happen? Why does that happen? Well, verse 10 talks to us about a couple of things of reasons why we begin to let go of the promise that God spoke to us years ago. And it says here in verse 10, number one, they didn't keep the covenant and they refused to live by the law. See, that's what happens. We begin to drift away from the standards of God's ways. The things that they promised God, that they said they would do, they just stopped doing. them. They stopped being consistent in their life. They become lazy in life. They say, well, it doesn't really matter. But it does matter. The dream starts to fade. And it becomes eventually in the too hard category. And when the battle comes on and we need to push through, we we can't do it. We can't do it. And Pastor Paul preached such a great message. If you haven't heard that message get hold of that message for, on there and, and listen to it. Because this thing about dreaming again is something that we as a leadership team really felt that we needed to stir our hearts and recapture the dream that God has spoken to us. It's not just a sort of a title, or a catchy title of something. It's something that we felt as leadership we needed to just start the year with. Then next month we're going on to legacy. Legacy. We want to talk about how the, 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 the dreams are not just for us, but they're for our children and the children's children. That we're here for the long haul. Hallelujah. And next month we want to talk about that. And we, 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 we got, we're carrying something in our hearts as leaders to impart into our congregation here. And, and Pastor Paul brought out that, that verse last week about, from Proverbs 29, 18. Without a vision... Without a dream or, or without a revelation, yeah. the people cast off restraint. Yeah. Yeah. Or they live carelessly, another version says. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Yeah. You know, it's the dream that sustains us. Yeah. Yeah. It's the dream that gives us the energy to keep going. Yeah. And if we, if we begin to drop the dream, if we begin to just drop the, 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 the consistent things in our Christian life, that we used to be sure about. We used to just maintain. We used to read the Bible and we let those things slip. We, we used to come to church and we used to, you know, we, we used to serve and, and, and we let these things, little things slip. And before long, the dream starts to fade. And then we begin to live carelessly. See? And these people, they had all the promise. But in the midst of the battle, they, they turned back. They said, we can't do it anymore. Yeah. You know, so, the, so it becomes important. And, and you brought out a thing that was so good. He, and he talked about keeping the law. And, and you talked about that when we have a dream, there are laws, there are things that we need to do that are connected to that dream. Right. Yeah. And he talked about losing weight. I've got to commend you. You're doing a great job on that. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's impressive. Good. It's not easy. Hands up those who say it's not easy to lose weight. Yeah. yeah, a lot say it's not. so 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 but you see, and he talked about the law of losing weight is to not eat so much. <laughs> or to exercise. And there's things that are connected to that goal that are important. And if we neglect those things day by day by day, then we begin to live carelessly and the dream of losing weight begins to fade. It's like in sport. If you want to be in the winning team, you want to win at sport, you want to, you, you want to be there, then there's laws about that. Yeah. There's laws connected to winning in sport or in music or in everything. You have to practice. You have to get fit. You have to be fit so you're still running at the end of 90 minutes. And if you're not, the other team... We we'll win, and it's because we we don't win because we, we we lost the laws. We began laziness in the laws, and we don't practice, and we we don't get fit, and we don't go for the runs, uh, you know, regularly. We don't. We, we. And these people neglected the law. Somebody said, and it's coming up on the screen. Life is full of ordinary days. It is how you live your ordinary days that will determine if you will have great days. Whoa. See, it's so true. And we need to just, at the beginning of this year, just set our focus again. And just begin to dream again. Say, Lord, if I really want to see this dream fulfilled, then, oh, Lord, show me what is connected to this. Hallelujah. Let's all read this together, shall we? Here we go. One, two. Life is full of ordinary days. It is how you live life your ordinary days that will determine if you will have great days. Consistency in our Christian walk day by day by day is the answer to fulfilling the dreams that God has placed in your heart. Hallelujah. Then secondly, they forgot what God had done. Verse 11 says they forgot what God had done. They forgot the wonders That he had performed in days gone by. They forgot what God had done yesterday for them. They forgot the miracles that they had experienced on their journey. The times when God had miraculously intervened. The parting of the Red Sea. The manna supplied every morning. The walls of Jericho falling down at the shout. The water flowing out of the rock. The many battles that they had won Because God intervened in their their lives in remarkable ways. And they come to this battle and they've got everything ready to go. They're carrying bows, they're equipped, they're trained. But in the midst of it, they forgot the God who helped them in days gone by. They said, we can't do this. We can't do this. But we've got to remember when we begin to go for our dream, when we begin to face the hard days, When the battle closes in on us and things become difficult and stuff happens that disappoints us, God is still God. And He is the God of miracles. He is the God whose arm is not too short that He cannot save. And we must remember to fulfill the dream. We can't forget what God's done for us in days gone by and all the great things that God has brought us through. Hallelujah and the promises that are there, we must stir those things again and begin to dream again. These people forgot what God had done. They forgot the wonders of yesterday and they let go of their dream. We want to encourage you this morning to dream again. To take some time to think about what God has spoken to you. But it doesn't finish there. We come over to Zechariah. Second to last book of the Old Testament, and we find that the people there, Ephraim is mentioned again. Zechariah chapter 10, and uh, in verse 7. And it says here, the Ephraimites will become like warriors. Another version says, they will become like mighty men. These are the people that quit last time. These are the people that. Turn back in the day of battle, but come forward some time, and God says, I haven't finished with you yet. He, he he starts to talk to these people, he said, You people of Ephraim, you people who were twice blessed and destined to become doubly fruitful. That thing that I spoke to you years ago, I'm gonna cause it to rise again. Hallelujah. And he says, you are going to become mighty men. Hallelujah. Yeah. Mighty warriors. Yes. Yeah. You're not going to drop the battle this time. Yeah. You're going to march right through that thing yeah. and win great victories. Yes. Yeah. And God begins to promise them, begins to stir them about yeah. what he's spoken and, 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 and what he can do. And then it says, and their hearts will be glad as with wine. Hallelujah. They'll be a merry bunch. Who knows uh, that the winning side is a uh, jolly side happier than the losing side. <laughs> Come on. I've played a lot of football and, and, and uh, you go, if you win the game and you go back into the changing room, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, we scraped out of that one. We won that thing. We beat that team. And, and, the, and you're in the, in the changing room and they're yeah, you know, it's all good. Next door, They sit around. It's very quiet. And the losing teams. The psalmist says, I better put my glasses on so I can read it. He says, When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. Psalm 126, 1 and 2. You see, when God begins to restore the dream, the joy of the Lord begins to throb again in your heart. You know you're on a winning track. Hallelujah. You know you're beginning to make progress. Hallelujah. You've recaptured what God has spoken to you in days gone by. And the joy of the Lord, hallelujah, begins to win the battle. Instead of... Turning back on the bell, you face the bell and you start to walk forward. Hallelujah. And you start to make progress no matter what. And, the, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God begins to stir the joy of the Lord in your heart and that river begins to flow again. That streams of living water begins to flow. Hallelujah. And it's great. And then it says, there's a the verse here, here it comes. Their children will see it. And they'll be as happy as. You see, when we capture and recapture the dream that God has spoken to us, it doesn't just affect us. It affects the next generation. And that affects the next generation. If you and I drop our dream, then the kids won't walk into the blessing of God that they could have walked in if we captured it. And so, so it says the kids will be, will be joyful. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. The, the children will see it and be joyful. Their hearts will rejoice in the Lord. The greatest thing, men, that you and I can do is to fulfill God's dream for our lives. The greatest thing we can do for our kids is to walk forward into the dream that God has given to us and to lay hold of the promises of God And the children, there's nothing like children want to have a successful mum and dad. Hallelujah. They are secure. They are strong when mum and dad are walking in the ways of the Lord. Hallelujah. It affects the next generation. We're going to talk more about that next month. But there it is. When the men return to their God, when when the men return to their God-given dream, their children will be blessed. They will be so happy. Not only men will the children be happy; our wives will be happy as well. We disappoint them, men, when we don't go forward into the things that God has asked us to fulfill. Hallelujah! But when we rise up and stand up, Hallelujah! Our wives, Hallelujah! That something happens to them. Bless God. So there it is. What's next? What's next? Here it comes. Their hearts will rejoice in the Lord. Then God says, I will signal for them and gather them in. I will signal for them and I will gather them. You know, this is interesting, isn't it? He begins to gather. He begins to call you again. This morning, God is calling you. He's putting a signal out. He's like, hey, I want to get your attention this morning. Somewhere in these next few verses, God's going to start speaking to individuals in this room. And a very specific, I don't know where it's going to land, but somewhere in these next verses that come up, the Spirit of God will touch your heart. You'll feel a, a, a response in your spirit. Hallelujah. You may not understand it all. That's why I've given you the scripture. You can go back to it this week and read it again and meditate because it's, it's important. To you, So just be open in your spirit, hallelujah, about that. God calls for them. God calls for the people of Ephraim. He calls them. He says, I haven't forgotten you. He begins to gather them again. He redeems us. He forgives us, cleanses us, makes us like new again. He restores the dream to us. Then he makes us fruitful. Then there comes fruitfulness again out of our lives as God begins to renew us and makes it just like the failures never happen. Even though our lives can be scattered and families can be divided but God says I'll begin to gather your family again. I'll begin to restore them again. See when things happen the battle gets hard sometimes the families can get scattered whatever that means. God says, I'm going to gather them. I'm going to send out a signal to them. Hallelujah. Children are restored to the fathers and the fathers to the children. Things begin to happen. And then it goes on. It It says, I will see them. Surely I will redeem them. They will be as numerous as before. Though I scatter them among the peoples, yet in distant lands they will remember me. They and their children will survive and they will return. As I read that right now, Paul, and I spoke to you a minute ago, Paul, I want you to believe God for the return of your family like you've never believed. Bring your dream again. This may be a Rima word for you. Lord, I pray that you'll restore this family. Lord, I pray that you'll change the hearts of the immigration people and that you'll open the doors for this family to return, that Paul will have his wife and his children back with him. In the name of Jesus devil get your hand off and stop messing around in this situation I bind your power and I release this family to return to New Zealand in the mighty name of Jesus amen amen hallelujah and so the children will they they and their children will survive and they will return hallelujah then he says in verse 10 I will bring them back from Egypt and gather them from Assyria. I will bring them to Gilead and Lebanon, and there will be not be room enough for them. In other words, when you carry the dream, the house will be full. Hallelujah. They will pass through the sea of trouble. Somewhere along the line, when you start to recapture the dream, the trouble that you've known will begin to subside. Hallelujah. Not only that, it says there in that scripture, and then the trouble was right, it says the surging sea will be subdued. There's some people in this room are facing a storm. Storms in your life, storms with your family, storms. I don't know what the storms are. But if you recapture the dream, and you begin to walk towards it, the storm will cease. Hallelujah. The waves will stop breaking on you. God will bring you through to the other side. Amen. Hallelujah. And also, it says there: all the depths, uh, the serpency will be subdued; all the depths of the Nile will dry up. Assyria's pride will be brought down, and Egypt's s- scepter will pass away. In other words, God says, "I'll deal with Assyria." These are the people that took Ephraim into captivity. I'll deal with Egypt. They were the people that enslaved these people. He said, "I'll deal with those." See. So, God wants to do some things for you early in this year. The things that you've not been able to overcome because of the Egypt scepter, that ruling thing over your life, God wants to break it from you in the name of Jesus and to help you through. Hallelujah. So the things you couldn't break through and get free last year, you can this year. Amen. There might be a little bit of a battle, but don't turn back in the middle of it. Dig in, hallelujah, and get through. Hallelujah. God says, I'll deal with the Egypts. I'll deal with the Assyrians. Hallelujah. And then the last verse says, I will strengthen them in the Lord. God says, you know, you start moving. God says, I'll stand with you. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. God says, I will strengthen you to carry this dream and to carry the purpose of God and to break through, hallelujah, into a new arena of faith this year, hallelujah. That's it. And in his name they will walk. Amen. Boy, that's a word for somebody here. In his name, in the name of Jesus, you begin to walk again. You begin to straighten back your shoulders. You begin to take a step into the future and say, with God's grace and by his help and in his name, I will walk. Hallelujah. And so these people began to be restored and they began to dream again and began to become twice fruitful because of the promise of God through the prophet Zechariah. In Luke chapter 8, there is a story. This man, he really walked with God and he loved God and he had a beautiful wife. They lived in a wonderful home down in the city and he had three little children and they loved Dad. and Dad was good to them and looked after them. But after a while, he began to just let things slip a little bit. He decided that he just didn't need to serve God the way he was, that maybe he could just stay home. Maybe he just didn't need to pray like he used to. He just sort of got become a bit casual. Then he went down, instead of going to the synagogue, he went went down to, to, to the other worship places or the other gods. And uh, he, he liked the people there. And, and, and they were good. And, but he got tied up down there with some things. He began to compromise. And began to do some stuff that he really hoped his wife didn't find out or his kids, because he, he was a bit of ashamed of it, you know, and one good when he went to the temples and these other places, he began, when, he, when he came home, he began to feel funny. He found he got angry sometimes. Began to think things that he never used to think in. And he got caught up in, and, and, and before long, he found that instead of having the choice to do just what he wanted to do, he found he was being pushed to do stuff. Voices were in his head. And the more unrestrained he lived in his life, the more bound up he became until he became violent. One day he just lost his cool. Absolutely lost his cool and and really damaged and took another guy out and and, and it was terrible. And the police from the temple came and got him and took him away but he was out of control. The more he, he lived this way, the Worse, bound up he became until, until they couldn't do anything with the guy. They tried to lock him up, tried to chain him up. But the power of the devils within him at this point was so strong that he just used to be able to break the chains. He left home. His wife didn't, couldn't have him at home. The kids, when he came anywhere near the home, would run inside and get under the bed It was a terrible, terrible situation. One day, he found himself that the only place he could live was up in the, he liked liked living in the cemetery because he was with other dark things up there. One day, he heard a commotion. He was out of his head. He was called the madman in the village, and he was. Didn't start like that. It ended like that. One day he heard a whole lot of people coming and he came rushing down the hill. And here he met a man and he saw him from a distance. And the things in him said, don't go near that man. But he was drawn to Jesus. And he met Jesus. And he didn't know what to do. There was... All sorts of voices going on inside him. In the end, Jesus spoke to him and said, What's your name? Instead of saying a lie, as he heard a voice come out from him, and said, I'm Legion, and there's lots of us in here. Jesus took authority over that demon power within him and rebuked that power and set him free. The Bible simply records Later on that when all the villagers came out because they had heard about what had happened because the demons, there were so many of them went into a herd of pigs and they all ran down the hill and drowned themselves and, and, and the people was just stirring in the village and the villagers, and when they came out here was this man, he was always naked he was always just with chains hanging off him and here he is sitting at Jesus' feet clothed and in his right mind And he said to Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to come with you. No, Jesus said, go home. Go and be with your wife and children. And he came home. He said, as he came down the village, all the people, the mums in the street, saw him coming. And they said, here he comes again. And they all got their kids and ran inside and locked their doors. And the kids get under the bed. And his little three little kids were there. And he knocks on the door. And his wife says, go away. He says, no, it's me. It's your husband. I'm different now. I met Jesus. She opened the latch in the door and looked through it. And she saw his eyes. And his eyes were different. They weren't bloodshot. They weren't full of fear. They weren't dark. There was a light in his eyes. There was a love that was there. She said, is that you, Elias, really? He said, yes, Lass. Things have changed in my life. I know they have. Can I come in? Carefully, she opened the door. And he came in, and the peace of God filled the house. And he opened his arms, and she fell into them, and he held her, and they wept together. As they turned round, they saw the three little children come out and were standing there. And she said to them, It's all right, kids, this is your dad, he's met Jesus. That night as they were sitting around the table having their meal Elias stopped before they had said kids I've let you down but I'm coming home today I'm home let's give thanks to the Lord for this food I'm going to lead you in the ways of God from now on and they prayed together that night as He talked with his wife. She said, what are you going to do now? He said, love, I'm going to dream again. I'm going to dream again. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. You're the God. You're a restoring God. Lord, All of us started out with such promise and such hope in our hearts. But in the midst of living, Lord, we turned back in the midst of the battle and we let the dreams go and we started not to believe that you could do the things that you used to be able to do for us. But Lord, at the beginning of this year, we're here, we're home in the house. And we've met with you, Lord, this morning. You're here. And you've gathered us and you've called us. And we're seated in your presence, Jesus. And you're here walking up and down these aisles saying, Dream again. Dream again. Dream again. we open our hearts and our minds to all that you are and we remember what you've done and days gone by and we turn, we say, Jesus, yes, yes.